What's good, people? It's your boy CZ here, and this is an episode of The Hybrid Club. Hope all is good. Um, you know, it's find us on socials at The Hybrid Club. You know where to find me at CSAs, C E A S E S A W A S. So, this is going to be a bit of a quick one. Um, got a few bits and pieces going on, and got some uh, other work to do. So, just going to drop this the morning before the um, game against Brentford. And yeah, I think it's a pretty, impo- in a pretty important one. Um, we want to avoid three defeats in a row um, in all competitions for the first time this season. Last season, we had a couple of occasions where we did that. Um, you know, where one defeat turned into two, two turned into three. We've got two defeats back to back in all comps. So we definitely don't want to make that a third, um, particularly because, you know, we managed to, uh, you know, get away with it a bit last week after the results last weekend. And so ultimately, we want to get back to winning ways as quickly as possible, particularly given the fixture run that's about to begin. Um, Got to say, how am I feeling about all of this? Um, feeling pretty good, to be honest, I think. You know, I, I had a I had a weird phase. I don't know if anybody else went through this, but I had a weird phase where um, for a couple of weeks, where it sort of started to dawn on me about the prospect of what was achievable this season and I've been very consistent in my feeling that you know you can't really start talking about a quote-unquote title race until you've got a healthy lead at the top um you know come sort of the middle end of February really and we're kind of getting to that stage and it sort of started to dawn on me that look at some point this chance at the title is a very real thing and then I started thinking to myself you know I started to get a bit too ahead of myself mentally in my mind you know picturing some of these players there on the final day, you know, the players going around the pitch, you know, start, it's starting to sink in what they've achieved. You know, I'm thinking about the parade in North London, you know, I'm, my brain is starting to go to all these places that I, you know, told myself I can't really go to because it's just too many games and just too soon. And, uh, you know, then the stress and the anxiety kicks in because you're just like, oh man, uh, when are we going to have this chance again? You know, given the investment that's coming into that's already come into the league and it's probably going to continue to come into the league and the amount of money teams are going to spend sort of rebuilding. I mean, look at what Chelsea have already spent, whether or not you think it's good money or whether you not think the players will come good is neither here nor there, but you're looking at the competition that could come uh, later on and you just think to yourself, if we don't do it now, when, when, when would we be the front runners? Now these players are young, they're brilliant. They can get better and better and better, but you know, it's not just about how good we get, it's how good other people get relative to us in that space of time. So, yeah. And then I had to sort of chill out and remind myself, number one, we won a top four. That was the aim this season, get into the Champions League. And, you know, unless there's some kind of cataclysmic collapse, we're going to be doing that. Um, we're going to be playing Champions League football next season unless something goes badly wrong. So that thing that we were all so desperate for last season, that thing we were so crestfallen about when it didn't happen, we, we've we done that, you know. So that's number one. Number two, um, and I get people aren't going to be like, you know, we've got a chance, I don't care about you. Just think back to how you felt at the end of last season. Think about how you felt the, the previous two seasons. Understand that that is a big thing for this club. This club needs to be playing Champions League football and it's gone way too long not doing that. So it's a big thing to be able to say that. Um, the second thing is the team who wins the league deserves to win the league. So if we're going to get there, we have to earn it. Um, and if we're not good enough to win the league, then we're just not good enough to do it. And that's the reality. So the hope is we can. And so I've kind of calmed myself down and got back to reality where it's like, okay, one game at a time, 
enjoy the football, which was my mantra for this entire year. Just enjoy the football. Don't stress. Don't, you know, think about what the club could do and what they could achieve and yada, 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 transfers and contracts. Just enjoy the football. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm back to that space after a, a, a sort of little mini um, existential crisis. So, yeah, but here we are. As we said, need to avoid three defeats in a row. Um, so we can't get distracted about thoughts about the title, thoughts about City. We just need to be at our best and get those three points against Brentford. Um, obviously, we know last season under the stewardship of football's ultimate pragmatist, John Dyche, Everton managed to uh, get a win after Tarkowski's header won in the game. Fortunately for us, um, however conflicted people might feel about it, um, Spurs managed to get themselves a win, boo, but beat Manchester City, yay. Um, winning 1-0, leaving us still five points clear at the top of the league with a game in hand and an eight-point lead um, temporarily if we win this weekend. Um, and it would be incredible if we were to get that and, you know, City were to miraculously lose two in a row. But, you know, let's focus on ourselves. Let's focus on ourselves. Let's be real. Um so Brentford, of course, are travelling to us. They're travelling to the Emirates. Um, they themselves are having a very, very good season. This is Brentford coming up for the championship. You know, have not spent money the way the rest of the league spends money. They're sitting in seventh place, six points behind fifth place Spurs with a game in hand and one below Brighton. Um, although I think Brighton have played a game less. Uh, it, it They're a very, very good team, you know, to get as high as they've got to in the league with what they've spent tells you that there is a certain intelligence about the way they go about things. Um, they've got really, really good team, really good players that work incredibly hard, have technical ability, you know, fast, direct runners, strong defenders. You know, they've got a versatile goalkeeper, one we were interested in and tried to get before we signed Ramsdale, might I add. Um, needless to say, I think... Uh, they're a very, very, very good side. Um, so yeah, what, what, what's the thought process for us? Well, we have to get back to winning. That is really it. Um, we've had, as as we mentioned in previous seasons, we've had those runs of of missing out on, on sort of bouncing back straight away. Um, but this season we've been pretty, pretty consistent. The last couple of weeks are the only time we've kind of done the back to back losses. Um, and we need to make sure we kind of contain it. And I'm sure the players know that, the manager knows that. It's not ultimately, you know, the other team gets to do tactics too, right? So you, it's not a case of just saying, we want to win more games and then you go off and do it. You've got to put in the work up the levels and you have the bravery to play your football um, against the other team and hope they're not having a blinder and hope you don't have an off day. Everton, I think we had an off day. City, the game could have gone either way. They just broken their favour because of a momentary lapse in concentration, I think, um, on our side. But, we heavily rotated and could have won that game still with the heavy rotation. Um, not crying over spilt milk in terms of the FA Cup because I think it's just a series of games we didn't need. Would have loved to go on and win it, of course. Who doesn't love an FA Cup win? But realistically, given where we're at this season, it's not something I think any of us are even thinking about, let alone caring about. Um, it's funny, though. After last week, after last Saturday, you know, uh, lunchtime kickoff, you know, Daesh football, new manager bounce, the whole, you know, I think the mood was pretty low, though in my own sort of social media cocoon that we all, you know, the prism through which we all kind of gauge what's going on to some degree. Um, there, it seemed to suggest that people knew that, you know, you're going to lose here or there. These things happen. And I, and I think, you know, it looked like people bounced back pretty quickly. 
But then to see what happened the next day with Spurs beating City, you know, the mood changed completely. And so, you know, the players are people too. While they maybe don't feel the ups and downs the way we do um, in the sense of riding those highs and lows of, of being a fan, I think you have to imagine that they probably came out of the Evans game thinking, oh man, you know, it's a shame it happens, but boy, you know, what does that mean? And then they must have seen the Spurs result and just thought to themselves, guys, we, we're back, we're back in this, we're back at the, you know, we're, you know, we're back. So you have to imagine they walked into training, you know, the following day, just with a pep and a step ready to go. So hopefully they've kind of carried that on and, you know, the noises come out of the club have been that training has been great recently. So let's hope they can just carry that into, in, into the game. Um, as I said, Brentford themselves are having a good, good season. I think our first game against Brentford that we won three nil um, around the time the the you know the Queen and the UK's monarch died, around the time Queen Elizabeth died. That that game, I don't think was representative of Brentford's level. Um, they haven't lost since October. Um, however, they've only won twice away um, all season. Though one of those wins was against Manchester City, and a very very good win it was. If you go back and watch that game, you'll see how they did it. Um, plan to perfection, execute to perfection. And, you know, they could have even had a third um, goal by the end of the game, um, you know. So they're not a team that we should take lightly. Um, they're unbeaten in their last nine games. They've won five, drawn four. Newcastle are the only team with a longer unbeaten run. Um, they're on an unbeaten run of 16 games, which is wild when you think about it, having the fact they've only lost one game this season. But we're not talking about Newcastle right now. Um, honestly, I would have preferred to play Everton under Lampard. Unfortunately, we got Daesh. Um, we're not going to have the kind of problems, though, that Sean Dyche posed us. I don't see Brentford playing Sean Dyche 4-5-1, 4-4-2, low block football, though I, they will use some of their aerial prowess, I think, to um, try to exploit perceived um, opportunities against us. But we're not going to get that kind of football, so I think it'll be a different challenge still be an incredibly difficult one, a tough one, a, a hard-fought one, but I don't think it'll be the same kind of challenge, personally. That's that's not um, what personally what I'm expecting to see on the weekend. So uh, we'll see if that's borne out by the result. Um, realistically, I think what we're looking at now is who will be the people that can impact the game, who can impose their personality on the game, who will be the, the, the people to really decide this game and how it's going to go. And for me, I'm looking at um, our two centre-backs, Saliba and Gabriel. Uh, they're going to have a particularly challenging aerial battle against Ivan Tony. I think, this game. But it's one that we know they can handle. You know, they have very rarely been bested in the league um, in terms of challenges. I think, you know, Gabriel put in a brilliant battling performance against Leeds. Um, he did really, really well against Everton. You know, Saliba managed to handle um, Hall in 45 minutes when he came on uh, in the City game. He's been all but imperious for the majority of the season. A couple, a bit, a couple of wobbles post World Cup, but he's just been phenomenal. Um, the two, so the two of them should be able to handle him. But he will pose a serious challenge. Um, I think Arteta spoke about Gabriel's form um, recently, and he just said. It's not only his performances, but the way he's evolving. I think he's just getting better in every phase of play and everything we demand him to do. 
his leadership skills, his importance to the team, his mentality as well. And I think that's borne out. I know there's some sections of the fan base who had some criticism of him before. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out why. Um, I don't think it's just been this season that Gabriel's been great. I think he's been fantastic pretty much from the moment he walked through the door. I have no idea why. I mean, if people want to point to mistakes or times where he was a bit rash, that that can happen to defenders. I, you know, I look at some of the defenders we've had in the recent seasons um, and in recent Arsenal history, and we've had some bad defenders, or we've had some defenders who maybe in of themselves weren't bad, but didn't really suit what we needed them to do, and so were put in positions where they looked bad. So we've either had bad defenders or defenders who our system made look bad. We finally have defenders who are kind of capable of playing multiple different systems. If you told me you threw Saliba and Gabriel into a low block, could they do it? Absolutely. You want to play, you know, halfway line, you know, front-footed pressing football? Yeah, they can do it. Um, Mid-block, they can do it. I don't. I, there isn't really a style of football that these defenders can't play. So, and the fact they still relatively young, uh, Saliba's very young, Gabriel's still, what, early to mid-20s, mid-20s? Um, you know, he's got ages to go before he, he potentially reaches his peak. Um so, yeah, I think they're going to have a tough time on their hands, but more so than, you know, I don't think since the days of the Invincibles have I seen a back line I trusted more than this one. Um, so we'll just have to see how they how they handle it. Um, I think Erdegaard, who is on everyone's mind after a brilliant um, interview with the Players' Tribune, fantastic uh, hearing him speak. He really came across... He, his personality really started to come across. You kind of got a bit of a sense of him, which I think is the great thing about those type of interviews. Um, we need more of them. I'm not really interested in the sort of media manicured, um, you know, nonsense, stupid kind of interviews you get with certain other publications. I really like ones that are more in-depth, ones that are more humane, um, ones that really kind of give you a sense of the people that they are. And not because, you know, we necessarily need to know who they are, people not necessarily that we're entitled to their personal lives, but more just something that humanizes them to the fan base, I think is important because some of the some of the back and forth between fans and players sometimes can just be um can just be gross, quite frankly. So I think it's important for fans to humanize players, to understand that they're not robots. This is the computer game. You know, they are people and so their form will fluctuate, not just because, you know, it's incredibly difficult and they're competing against some of the best of the best in their field. But also as people, they're going to have good days at the office and bad days at the office. So I always love seeing interviews like that. Um, but on the football side of things, Erdogan is going to be so crucial. He wasn't there in the last um, fixture. So it was a Shaka and Vieira um, at number eight um, in the last game against Brentford. I think Erdogan has easily been up there as a potential player of the season candidate. Um, He's been absolutely phenomenal this season, the way he stitches our play together. And we're going to need that in this game because Brentford are going to work very hard to close central spaces. So we're going to have to try and exploit them out wide. Um, but we're also going to need to create those combinations infield to try and make make use and maximise the space that they give us. And it won't be much. So we're going to need quick feet, quick passing, um, clever ingenuity, you know, clever ingenuity, um, yeah, we're going to need some of his his trademark improvisation. Um, so hopefully his play can bring players like Saka in. 
he can combine with Eddie. And yeah, we can we can go get back to winning ways. But I think he's going to be crucial to that. And you know, just mentioned Bukai Saka, of course, Starboy. I you know I don't have to spend too much time talking about Saka, what he does, what we need from him. Um, he's just phenomenal, and he just keeps getting better and better and better. So I just hope he has a good game. Um, I hope Odegaard can help bring him into the game. I hope we can um, prevent him being too isolated wide and find ways of of um, getting getting him in the game. Um, you know, hopefully there'll be an opportunity for uh, Benjamin White or Tom Yassi, whoever's playing right back, to overlap a little bit more to give him some options, maybe take a, a, a marker away from him so that if he's doubled up, he can create an avenue to, to sort of take advantage of, of a player who's maybe having to hesitate between following the runner and following him. Um, we can't have Martinelli and Saka completely isolated wide. We know Martinelli is the one who's going to be sort of hugging the touchline a bit more and coming inside. Um, where Saka, you know, is looking to receive the ball on the turn in the half space so he can either, you know, face up defender, go left, go right. But I I do think, um, you know, the team's going to have to work very, very hard to make sure Saka's not isolated. So um, we'll see how they do. For Brentford, I think we know their, their, their key man, Ivan Tony. We know what he's good at. Very, very good striker. Great in the air. Good with the link-up play. Good pass through the ball. Good finisher. Give him a penalty. He's burying it. So we have to be we have to be sure not to give away any silly set pieces or anything like that. Um, Going to talk a bit about what I expect from Brighton. Uh, see Brighton. What I expect for Brentford in terms of their play. Um, they there, there's a particular there's a particular uh, play with Tony that I'm, I'm I'm or a particular tactic or approach that I think we might see maybe. Um, and so I'll be crucial. I'll be interested to see if Brentford go go with that. But just his overall play is is going to be pretty important to them. And if Brentford have any success in this game, he's going to be crucial to it. So if we stop him, we stop them. Um, and Buemo, brilliant player, um, direct runner, fast. Again, good link-up play with Tony and his other teammates. Um, a player who I think is somewhat underrated, actually, in the league in terms of what he's capable of doing. Um, so he's just someone we don't really want to give much space to around the box. You don't want him having open um, stretches of field to run into. And don't get me wrong, the style of play we have, we do leave our defensive half spaces exposed. But like I said, we've got the runners to be able to keep up with him um, if necessary. We just don't want to leave ourselves overly exposed. Um, so that'll be what our defence has to manage. But, you know, bar a couple of results, we've managed that well all season. So I don't really see that being any different here. Um, the other player for them to watch out for, of course, is former Arsenal Academy uh, player Josh Silva. Love this player so much. Genuinely love the way he plays football, love his approach to the game. Really wish he'd stayed and we kept him because I think he would be a very interesting player for us. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, don't necessarily think he would have been a starter for us, but certainly think he could have been an interesting option as part of the squad. Um, he gave an interview recently uh, speaking about his decision to leave Arsenal, turning down a contract and deciding to side for Brentford. Um, and he's done brilliantly well despite having a, a sort of long, lengthy injury that kept him out. He missed their their game where they got promoted to the, the Premier League. But he was able to, you know, get back fit, get in the side and really start to deliver, including um, a goal against Manchester United when Brentford beat them 4-0. Um He's someone who's going to be working incredibly hard hard in the midfield, um, putting the players under lots of pressure, covering a lot of ground. He's also a threat going forward. 
So he's someone who can impact the game um, really, really well. Now, that being said, we, of course, should have um, more than enough to see off any competition that we face from Brentford in this game. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it's going to go, you know, on paper, quote unquote, on paper, the fabled paper that teams are put on. Um, we should have beaten Everton. We didn't. That's what I mean about the Premier League. It is incredibly difficult to just assume this team is better than that team, so that team should win. It's The reality is that um, when you go to these games, there's all sorts of factors that we don't see, right? This is a job for them. While we see them on the weekend or, you know, in a midweek match, wherever it is, they go into the training ground, that's their office. You know, they they go into training, they go into their meetings, they watch back their video, they go back home, you know, they do their stretching, they do, you know, their extra training, they do their rehab and recovery. All of this stuff is part of their job and it's stuff that we don't see and all of it impacts what happens on the day. Um, so it's really about us showing up in a way we didn't last weekend. We have to show up, we have to play with personality, we have to get back to crisp passing, you know, proper technique, bravery on the ball. Um, and ultimately, when it boils down to it, we have to be more clinical and take our chances. And that's the way it is. Um, so hopefully we're able to do that. You know, spoke about um, Brentford's style of play in terms of what to expect. One of the things I think we'll be seeing, as I said, is not a Everton-Burnley 4-5-1-4-4-2 approach. Um, but I do think we're going to see them try to capitalise on the aerial um, ability of Ivan Tony in the sense that I think we might see um, some long balls played into Tony, um, and I think what Brentford will try to do is position runners off him so that he can win the ball in the air, and they are positioned sort of um, ball side of their markers to be able to um, win the ball. So they did something similar when they beat City, where the balls will get played into Tony, and almost in a diamond around Tony were four Brentford players um, who could win the knockdown, play the ball, spin the ball round, and then run into open space because the players were drawn to not just the ball being played into Tony, but they were drawn into the players that positioned themselves around Tony. So when they won the knockdown and knocked the ball around the corner, they were into open space. And so I think what we might see is Brentford try to do something similar, position plays around Tony to win the second ball, play off that man into the space that's that's been created by um, drawing our players in, um, which is why I say I think Gabriel and Saliba will need to be very, very good today in terms of their battles and their challenges um, against Tony to make sure that he can't win it. Um, if he does win it, then we need our, our players in terms of the, the press and the counter-press to to get there and, and win those second um, win those second balls. Um, they have brilliant runners who are great at running in space, brilliant direct runners, um, good passes of the ball. So, you know, as I say, if they're able to get behind our line and run into that space, we're going to have problems for sure. So it's all going to be about how we handle um, those aerial duels, I think, in terms of them trying to progress the ball up the field. Because I think we've got the, we've got the football, uh, footballing ability, we've got the um, control of the ball enough to control possession and put it on them, particularly because we're at home, we're at the Emirates, you know. Uh, I'm fully expecting us to have not just more of the possession, but more dominance. Um, so I don't think they're going to find it as easy to just play through us. So I think they're going to be a bit more direct, um, particularly if they if they win the ball off us and just try and play upfield. So don't be surprised if you see Embuemo drift a bit wide on the halfway line, ready to to run onto a ball played in behind in, in the half spaces. But we know what we do. We know how we play. 
We know our footballing principles. So ultimately for us, I think, get on the ball, push them back, dominate the ball, dominate their play, work the ball around, quick switches of the play, try to get um, try to get uh, an opportunity for either an overlap or just positional dominance in terms of when we make those switches, um, drawing them out of position, trying to create that space and just, yeah, being clinical when we get that chance, taking it. I do think this is one of those games where the first goal is going to make a big difference. I think if Brentford get it, I think we're in for a long afternoon. Whereas I think if we get that first goal, I think Brentford are in for a long afternoon. I don't think this is going to be a a massive scoreline. You know, I don't think anyone is winning this 5-0. But I, I do think if we can get the first goal, um, we can, I wouldn't say a comfortable win, but I think we can get a win that um, would would show our dominance and show why we are still top of the league with a five-point um, five gap. But if they get the first goal, I think it's going to be a very long afternoon. So we really have to avoid that. Um, but let's see what happens. For me, I'm kind of just excited. Um, I'm sick of the talk about the, the Super League. I'm sick of the talk about Man City's charges. Um, you know, the, these stories only just broke earlier in the week and I'm already sick of talking about them. So once again, I find myself being delighted that we can focus on football rather than other conversations because I do find that just too many... Um, it's get, I get it, it's the football business, it's the football industry, it's all the things that come with it. But I do find that a lot... I'm finding more and more people who seem, seem to be, it's just an impression I get, who seem to be more interested in talking about the things around football rather than the football itself. So I'm I'm kind of just eager to get back to watching the football, enjoying the football and talking about the football, um, which is why you'll notice a conspicuous absence of any conversation about City and the charges and Super League and everything else. Um, on the Super League, all I'll say is UEFA are not the good guys, but anyone who thinks that Juve, Barca and Juventus are somehow in this to save football, well, I've got some mag magic beans I can sell you if you're interested, because if you are that deluded, then please, by all means, let me help you um, by selling you some magic beans that will absolutely 100% change your life. Um, really, this is a simple case that historically successful teams in Europe have no problem outspending and using their financial dominance to completely and utterly um, outspend their competitors. They've got no problem with it. Um, but the moment the financial landscape in football changes and the Premier League are the, the clubs that are financially dominant, now it's a problem. Financing in football is, the way it is now, is unsustainable. I 100% agree with that. I do not think you can have the kind of money that's being spent the way it's being spent um, and think that football is in a healthy position we saw what happened with the covid season and how quickly clubs started crying poverty um just because of the way the finances were spent it's just it's ridiculous we saw what we've, we've seen what's been happening with barcelona um so something does need to change but just going from one quote-unquote cartel to creating another quote-unquote cartel ultimately the european the the sort of founding members of the european super league are mad about the uh, financial inequity that comes with things like the Premier League. So they just want to create their own version of the, a European version of the Premier League. That's really all it is. That's what they want to create. So I don't see how it solves anything other than just puts money in their pocket more than they're getting now, which is what they want. So I'm, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who are interested in this conversation. For me personally, I'm not. I think we all know the Super League eventually will arise in some format. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if that is the future of elite football. You know, just all of the most elite teams in the world just playing each other and sort of walking away from their domestic leagues. I mean, look, with what's happening with City, who knows, maybe in the future they walk away from the Premier League and say, fine, the Premier League sanction us, we're not interested, we're going to leave and join the Super League. You never know. Uh, genuinely, at this point, you never really know. It may seem ridiculous, but stranger things have probably happened. So that's all I'm going to say on it for now. I'm sure there'll be other uh, pods where I'll delve into it a bit more when you know when it's topical and that kind of thing. But for now, I'm just interested in Arsenal. I'm interested in Brentford. I'm interested in the three points today, time of recording Saturday morning. I'm just interested in getting the win, watching some football, enjoying the Arsenal, getting back to winning ways and uh, extending our lead at the top to eight points, however temporarily. So look, that's how I'm feeling about the game. I don't know how, I don't know about you guys. I don't know what you're thinking, but um, yeah, that's how I'm feeling about it at the moment. In terms of lineups, what am I thinking? Well, obviously we know the likes of Elneny, Jesus, Reese Nelson, probably Smithrow are all not going to be available for this game. Um, Obviously, on any um, long-term absence, Jesus still working his way back from, you know, his knee injury, which was, when you think about it, a pretty significant absence, actually, because, you know, during the World Cup, so what we're talking November, December, January, over three months. Um, so he looks like he's on course to be back for the end of this month, start of March. But, you know, even by the time he comes back, he's still got to get into it. He's still got to get match fit. He's got to get back into the swing of it. So really, you know, I don't know. I'll be amazed if we get Prime Jesus back, you know, before the end of March. I'd be amazed if we did. But if we do, fantastic. Um, Reese Nelson, again, back in training, probably a bit too soon for him. Um, but it's good to just have another rotational option that can come in um, and, and potentially do a job. We saw him, you know, against Forrest earlier in the season. I think it was Forrest. Pretty sure it was the Forrest game um, earlier in the season. Smith Rowe, ah. Uh, I know, I know, I know he needs to get fit. Um, hopefully, whatever the setback was isn't serious. The club is saying it's not that serious. They're just being, um, they're just taking extra precautions because of um, his recovery recently. Um, I saw someone mention this on Twitter, so apologies. I'm not sure who it was, but it it reminded me very much of the uh, Steven Gerrard situation. I think a lot of people forget, but a young Steven Gerrard, a lot of injury problems, you know. I think it was clearly connected to just his, his growing pains and, and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, he, he sort of overcame them and just went on to have a, a legendary career for Liverpool. I'm hoping Smith Rowe um, can overcome his injury problems and just kick on and put them behind him because he's a fantastic player. He really can be so impactful, a great player to have starting, a great player to have off the bench, really talented, got goals in him, assists in him. I, I really do think... Um, it will make a massive difference to us to have a fit and firing um, Smith Rowe. So I don't know when that will be. I would be amazed if he's on the bench this weekend. Um, but hopefully he's back and involved in the next in the next couple of weeks because we are a far better side with Smith Rowe in it than without him. Um, but really for this game, the question is a question of light rotation. We know we have the City game midweek. For me personally, it's too early to be talking about Man City. You have to focus on Brentford. You have to take them seriously. You know, I think in American sports, they refer to it as a trap game where you've got the game sort of in between the important one, as it were. And so you can kind of take your eye off it. Um, there is no point in going and playing Man City midweek and beating them if we lose against Brentford today. 
it completely negates um, the situation with Man City. And what we don't want is to drop points against Brentford and then lose against Man City and see, you know, all of that good work that we've put in for the last five, six months completely evaporated. So we have to focus on this game. We have to take it seriously. It sounds very much like that's the, the, the mentality the boys have. So fingers crossed that's what they do. Do we do some light rotation knowing that we have City coming up though? Um, and not just that, knowing that there are a couple of players who are maybe a little bit off the boil or not quite firing. Um, for me, Martinelli is working hard. He's doing good work, but maybe, maybe he's just a little bit fatigued. Maybe just a bit. Um, and by fatigued, I mean, you know, he's played a lot of football, had a lot of responsibility, a lot of 90 minutes in him. Maybe he just needs a little bit of a break, you know, sat on the bench, watch the game and come into the game sort of firing, ready to go. Trossard, he's had some good cameos, looked like he's been doing well. Maybe it's an opportunity to give him um, another start. Um, equally, Benjamin White, I think, you know, since he's come back from the World Cup, form has been a bit up and down. We know he left the England squad for unknown reasons. Um, I don't want to kind of uh, speculate too much because it may be sort of personal reasons. It may have nothing to do with that. Um, so it's it's not really right or healthy to speculate about people's personal lives like that. It's not something I try to do. Um, but he's maybe not been his sort of best self um, in the last few weeks. So maybe it's a chance to give Tomiyasu um, a start right back. Personally, I think Tomiyasu is fantastic. Um, and I, I, for me, I'd have no problem with him stepping in a right back and giving Ben White just a little bit of a break, a bit of a breather. Um, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested to see what... Um, what Arteta does here because I do think that too often he's forced into rotations or he gives the rotations when he's confident that the game's pretty much already won. Um, his game management has improved a lot. I think it's it's plain to see it clearly has. But I just wonder whether he might say, look, we need our entire squad involved in this running towards the end of the season and there'll be plenty of option, opportunity for them to be, of course. But I do wonder whether he'll say we do need the squad fully engaged I need to be able to rely on multiple players so I need to know that I can play them in these games um is he going to want to play you know his sort of typical starting 11 for this season and then play them again midweek and then play them again next week and against Villa it might be that some rotation is going to be needed the question is is that rotation going to come here against City or against Villa I'd be surprised if it came against City so you have to imagine there's going to be some rotation here or against Villa um, Villa's Unai Emery, of course, Emery is incredibly adept at setting his teams up to beat teams that they shouldn't beat, but he is chaos personified. His football is chaos brought to life. So you just really don't know what you're going to get in an Unai Emery game. Um, I do wonder whether this is the optimum game. You're at home. Um, you know, Brentford are a really good side, but they've won twice away all season. Um, you if you do some light rotation, you can still maintain your connections between your players. You can maintain the level of football. There's not as much disruption as when you play an FA Cup or Europa League game and you rotate eight, you know, six, seven, eight players. Um, the quality of the football gets far more disrupted just because of how many changes you make. Whereas if you make one or two, then you can maintain that sort of fluidity of your football without too much disruption. So I do wonder, like everybody else, I do wonder whether it's a game for Trossard and Tomiyasu. Um, maybe even Jorginho, um, or whether it's sort of, no, 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 the starting 11 is the starting 11 until such a time as it's not. Um, I do think it's good as well for the squad to see that, um, you know, 
if a player's form dips a little bit and they've been training well, that actually the manager will put them in and trust them. I do think that's an important thing for the players to know. But I, I and I know that that Arteta very much is does take that approach. So it'll be curious to see if he views, you know, performances of players like Martinelli, like Benjamin White, as having dipped enough, and whether he's seen the training of players like Tommy Asso and Trossard as being high enough uh, of a high enough level that that rotation is is justified. So. You know, we may learn a little bit about Arteta's squad management in this next uh, in these next seven days, so we'll see we'll see how that goes as well. Personally, I'm not too invested in what the starting starting lineup is. You know, Arteta knows his players better than anyone, so he'll know who's in the right form, he'll know who's in the right mindset, he'll know who's training well, who's not. So he'll know exactly how to set his team up to get them to do what he wants them to do. Um, yeah, it's just a simple question of. Um, of who he thinks will, will get the job done. For me personally, I'm happy to see us back at the Emirates. I'm happy to see us sort of in a game like this where, you know, we're playing against a team who can definitely hurt us, but a team whose style we can definitely overcome. So it'll be a really, really difficult game. I said a tough game. I don't think anyone should go into this game expecting that three points are a given, guaranteed. We should just get it because we're Arsenal and they're Brentford. Brentford are a very, 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 very good footballing side. They're seventh in this league for a reason. And this is not a joke. You know, I think there is this perception that teams are falling off because Liverpool, you know, mid-table, Chelsea mid-table, Newcastle are up there in Champions League positions. So this is a team where the big teams are falling off. It's it's as much as we can look at teams like Liverpool and Chelsea um, and Man City and say they're a bit off the ball, this is also a team where, this is also a league where teams have stepped up. We have stepped up. Newcastle have stepped up. Brentford and Brighton have stepped up. This is a this is a season where it's not just that some of the big teams are not at their best. This is a, a, a season where some of the teams um, challenging uh, to to sort of rise above their quote unquote station, as some people might put it. This is a season where those teams are doing phenomenally well. The football Brighton are playing is incredible. The football Brentford have been playing is brilliant. Newcastle have lost one game all season, sixteen game unbeaten run. You know, where top of the table, five points clear, potentially could go eight points. Um, who knows what happens if, if City, you know, have another bad performance. Honestly speaking, um, this season is up for grabs. Um, any team who can put a run together this season is up for grabs um, because the level of competition has got higher. And that's the reality of it. And so, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it. Um, it's time for me to go get something to eat because I am hungry. Um, I'm really looking forward to the football this weekend win, lose or draw up the Arsenal, come on you Gunners let's see what we can do and let's all hope for those three points anyway, it's your boy Caesar C-E-A-S-E-S-A-W-S you know where to find me on the socials you find us at the Highbury Club that's it for me, have a good one people three points, come on you Gunners speak to you lot in a bit in a bit